The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Richard. Darren. So we're engaged here in a, in a beautiful, I think, a two-part special here about Dr. George King around his birthday, uh, which is on January 23rd. And today, I think I'd like to focus, as we described last time, on sort of um, being able to form this link with the master, even if you haven't been able to physically meet them yeah. in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'd like to focus on today. But before we do that, I know there was something at the end of the last show that there you wanted really to bring in. There really is something, because uh, as you know, I'm um, very... Uh, almost fanatical, I hope, hope not fanatical, but <laughs> getting towards that, about the galaxy. Mm. And we've talked about that before and how important it is and what we can actually play a part in some tiny, tiny way affecting the galaxy, this great intelligence, uh, which is uh, allowing itself to manifest, doesn't even have to manifest, mm. on the plane of preservation, and we can cooperate by bringing about our evolution and even more the evolution of all. So that's one thing. But I haven't focused on the supreme lords of karma, which are the beings who manage karma in the galaxy. And Hmm. it's brilliantly described in the ninth blessing. And some of our viewers and listeners will know that. Others won't. If not, I strongly recommend it. But what I'd like to do, because this does relate to Dr. King, because as we said last time, he was a karmic yogi, not just a karma yogi. He was a karmic yogi. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything was a karmic move Mm -hmm. in a way, perhaps, that's, that's unique. I think it probably is. I'm not saying others didn't make karmic moves. I mean, just to name one, the Master Jesus made brilliant karmic moves. Totally. Very successfully, despite the appearance mm-hmm. of being killed and so on. Yeah. Uh, very, very successfully. But he, every, his every move was a karmic, strategic, logical, highly intuitive decision that he would make. Um, even if it was highly intuitive. And I, I, I used to, as I mentioned before, I was on call for him. So I, I got many phone calls. Uh, and, and when I say I, Alison would be there too, because um, we shared a room. Mm. And so the phone would ring at oh, yeah. 2 a.m., very frequently 2 a.m. Sometimes it would be um, a, a command. I mean, I, I don't want to put people off whatever they're doing, but I once got a, a call while I was in the bath. I had to answer the call whatever time it was of the day or night. And so I got a call, and I was actually in the bath. And I don't recall right now his exact words, but they were sometime, some words along the line, this is an emergency situation. He spoke hmm. like that. It could almost have been a... So I was in the bath hearing this, and I, <laughs> and I, and I actually stood up <laughs> and took this and uh, actually had to go down the road and, um, and start the right SDR away. there okay. and then. Mm. Um, I had to put a dressing gown on, um, 
put on, I think, some gum boots. I think it might have been raining, and a hat and mm. a dressing gown and some gum boots, <laughs> Wellington boots. Walked down from the, above the health food shop where we lived, just a few doors down. Okay. And it was in the middle of the night. Uh, you know, it was a late bath I was having, yeah. uh, as was we worked very late in those. Yeah. And it would happen, of course, a policeman was walking along. Of course, at that moment. And there I was in my, my dressing gown, my gum boots and my hat. I think it was a gum boots and a hat, or maybe I'm just exaggerating, yeah. but it was that type of thing. And I remember saying, good morning, officer. He said, good morning. <laughs> you know, and then walked on. Anyway, started the SER. But these calls could come at absolutely any time at all. Mm. And um, I don't know how I even got onto that, but uh, he, he, he was, well, I suppose what I'm illustrating is everything was a karmic move. Yeah, Other times yeah. he might call me and um, he'd say something like, I just called you for a gossip. Mm. And by the way, he didn't mean gossip in the sense of gossip. gossip he didn't yeah. like gossip. He didn't like rumours. Mm-hmm. He didn't mm-hmm. like the rumour mill. He liked the mills of God, ah, yes. which yeah, grind yeah. exceeding small, which is karma. Um, so it was a chat is what he meant by yeah. that. And we would just chat. So I used to go to bed with a list by my bed of, of topics. Of things to talk about. Because when you wake up at two in the morning, he, he, he'd say to me something like, because it, it was like his cocktail hour. I see. Over in there, LA. it 6 p.m. Okay, yeah, just yeah. before dinner. <laughs> yeah. And he wanted to talk to me. And I, it was an honor. Every time he'd say, am I disturbing you? Hmm. And every time I'd say, no, master, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. And um, once he said, I do remember, I'd say, what's going on there? And I'm thinking, yeah, Alison's lying there. <laughs> um, but I had a list, I know what he meant, you know, what's, so I'd have newsy items, because mm. sometimes at two you've just woken up. You yeah, you had to think of everything. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it was uh, quite a training. Uh, even to this day, I have some thoughts at two in the morning, four in the morning. Mm. Um, I, I, and I try, try to stay alert to them if that happens. I see. Um, not, not advocating it. I think some people say it's not good for your sleep patterns and mm. so on. But um, I've certainly found, you know, if, if it's inspiration, it can come. It doesn't go according to clock time. Mm. It comes, goes according to, hopefully, God time. <laughs> yeah. And it'll come whenever yeah. it comes. Anyway, the point I want to get to, though, he was a karmic agent. Mm. That's what he was. And you can, to come to your topic of today, we can still uh, follow him. We can still, we can still, if we go far enough, become a disciple of Dr. George King now, even though he's not physically with us. Yeah. And um, one can follow his pattern, and it depends how far you want to take it. It's a choice. Or you could just have a, a kind of a curiosity in him and... And take an interest. The stronger you do, the the deeper the link you forge. But then, what he's done though, and what the teachings through him have done, especially the nine freedoms, but also the twelve blessings and others, they've taken it to another level, mm. because they have said not only then will you be doing say good in the world, helping people, even helping the planet. To some degree, you'll be helping these great karmic gods, these lords of karma. Now, I would like to read something about the Supreme Lord, sure. Karma. Yeah, right. And this is after the ninth blessing, and this is the Master Jesus who said this. Do not let a moon set or a sun set before you think upon them, before you help constructively these mighty ones. Now, I'm going to stop right there because I know you've heard this many times, and I've heard it many times. And it's taken me... I mean, I've heard it for 50 years and read mm-hmm. it for 50 years. And I haven't sort of thought, oh my gosh, today I've got to constructively help no, the I'm Supreme Lords the same of Karma. Thing. Yeah, and I'm like... going to guess a lot of people watching this haven't thought, hey, have I constructively helped today 
the supreme lords of karma. Yeah, that's, that's... I didn't know I could. Yeah, exactly. How could I help these ones? But, but also just, it, it's like, wow, it's not just me going about my life anymore. It's like I'm actually part of this enormous whole that I'm starting that to true. realize. That's true. Actually, I'm, I'm, it's actually, feel, I feel like a, almost like a responsibility in, in actions. It's not just go about whatever you want in your life. It's like, no, no, I need to be living my life in such a way that I'm doing what you But you've this just was the lifeblood. This was the absolute raison d'etre of Dr. King, even before he came to Earth, but certainly mm. on Earth. He knew it, and he knew how to do it. Yeah. Anyway, the Master Jesus goes on here. So I'll just say that again. Before you help constructively these mighty ones, by the strict control of your own thoughts and actions, yeah. bring these within the great law, and you'll be praying a greater prayer than that of words. Mm. So that's another thing, you know, it's even greater than, than a prayer. The, it doesn't say greater than prayer, because it might be prayer, but a prayer of words. So, I mean, it might be a way of controlling your thoughts and actions. Prayer it doesn't rule out prayer, but it doesn't limit it to prayer. Just this fact that you're controlling your thoughts and actions strictly is helping the supreme lords of karma. And I would think we'll go into why that is in a moment goes on to say this, be good, be tolerant, be kind, be merciful, be gentle, be humble, and you will be great. Mm. I think that's a, a familiar concept, at least, it's wonderful words, but a very familiar concept from um, Christian thinking, you might say. Sure, yeah. But then he says something that isn't said anywhere else. I don't think it's said anywhere else outside the teachings of the Ethereum Society, because the next sentence is this then you will be helping the sacred ones whose names may not be mentioned even in closed session. In other words, you'll be helping the supreme lords of karma. That's a whole other ball game. Mm. It's a whole other reason to do it. Now, you can study the great aphorisms of Patanjali and you'll find in there qualities that he mentions which will help you to deal with certain weaknesses. Okay. So we can look at this, you know, be good, be tolerant. These are all good things. Be kind, obviously good. Be merciful. We talked about forgiveness the other day. I think, we, you know, I was saying, actually, forgiveness is better for the person who forgives than the person who's forgiven in some, mm. certainly karmically, yeah. anyway. Yeah. And so be merciful is good for us. Be gentle, be humble, and you will be great. So these are all great qualities. They are, they're also ways, as well as being great things to do, they're ways of controlling basic thought and, and, uh, and emotion. Totally, yeah. And so they're, 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 that's, that, again, that idea isn't new. You'll find it in Patanjali. I don't think you'll find it, as far as I know, in, in the Christian church, that that's why you, another reason why you do it. But you will find it in yoga. But they, you won't find this fact, though. You'll be helping the sacred ones. You'll be helping the supreme lords of karma. Now, why is that? Why would that be? Why would it help them? But if you think about it, they don't even have to be here. Mm. They don't have to be in, in this kind of existence at all. They have sacrificed their bliss, these great karmic supreme lords. Uh, to do this, they've sacrificed, I think the Master Jesus says, millions of units of time energy. Sorry. Millions of units of time, mm -hmm. not of time energy, of time, mm -hmm. to do this. Now, if we are controlling our thoughts and actions, if we are being good, 
if we're being tolerant and so forth, we are cooperating with them. If we aren't, there is a demand. We are placing a demand upon them to teach us. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We're placing a demand on them to educate us, to create those karmic conditions that we need to evolve. And mm -hmm. they will, and mm -hmm. they do. Mm -hmm. But how much greater would it be if we took that off, uh, that burden? They don't have shoulders, but yeah. if they did, yeah. and took that upon ourselves and did it ourselves. Because there's two ways of, of, of gaining karmic experience. One is by cooperating with it, which was the whole essence of Dr. George King. Cooperate with karma. You know, there's a, there's a wonderful, it's very rare actually, to, know, to receive a transmission uh, from Jupiter. Their, their, they, their energies are often used, and I do believe manifest through composers of music. Oh yeah, okay. As, a, as an energy of music. And it's a certain type of energy, and you can, I believe, hear it in certain particular composers. It's energy that makes you rise, mm. rise up. Yeah, and yeah. you can hear this sort of, it doesn't necessarily mean the music is physically going up in notes, sure. but it's a build, it's, a ra it's, it's raising you. It's, mm. it's that kind of energy um, that often would come, I believe. Because that, that's a key word. I think it's the most commonly used word. From those, from those mm. transmissions, mm. rise. But... Um, which is why we named our, our meditation with music album Rise, was mm. one reason anyway. Mm. Um, but in this particular transmission, this is from memory now, I don't have this in front of me, sure. but it's something like, um, uh, you came not to be the slave of the karmic wheel, but to be the master of its every revolution. Yep. That's a great aphorism. Absolutely. Um, and it doesn't mean you're going to master the, the law, it means you're going to master your own karmic pattern, mm -hmm. your own karma. And when we do that, we're cooperating with them, and then we're reducing the demand upon their energy. This is as I see it. This is mm. my take now. I, I haven't heard this from anywhere else. This is what I take it to mean. And so, therefore, it helps them. That's the only way it can help them. I see. Whereas if we go down the road of involution, they have the task the ongoing task mm. of creating conditions whereby we will turn and change, maybe painfully, who knows what experiences we're going to require. And these are beings of more compassion than we know the meaning of the word compassion. Totally. And they have to bring about those conditions for wayward intelligences, not even just on this planet, throughout the galaxy, yeah. if, wherever they may be, mm. if they are wayward, to bring them back into line. Now, Dr. King was in line. He was in line with karmic determination, and everything he did was designed. It comes back to that quote, which, we, which I read last week, um, uh, about, well, I know it pretty well. I won't go word for word, but karma is pressure towards conformity. It's conformity with that law, conformity with those lords conformity with his karmic gods. Yeah, I think there's two things that really stand out there for me. One is um, the value of having a teacher who can help you yeah. um, to live your life in such a way that you are, in fact, cooperating with the karmic gods in this way, which yes. is, you know, what he gave us from his own outstanding wisdom, but also what he gave us as a channel for teachings like the Nine Freedoms and, of course, the Twelve Blessings, which you've read from there. Mm. But also um, the fact that by following his path, just by doing that, and the example that he gave us, of course, but you know what he taught us to do in terms of service to the world as a whole in these powerful ways, even doing that 
um, we are again cooperating with the karmic gods because yeah. that's the that's that's who he was and that's the path that he left. I mean, he yeah. was far more interested in what we were doing for the world mm. than for what we were doing in our private personal lives. Mm. I mean, people had foibles, people made mistakes. I'm one of them. Uh, people's conduct wasn't always what it should have been. Yeah. I'm one of them and others in different ways. And he would correct people. He didn't like it. He didn't approve of it per se, but I found him to be extremely tolerant, extremely forgiving. And he, he didn't see it as the big thing that so many people on level one see it. I actually believe on the higher levels, much as they don't do it themselves and they don't think it's great, some of these personal failings and so sure. forth, it's not the big deal that it's made on the lower, you know, on this level, possibly sure. on level two, I don't, I'm mm. assuming. It, you know, the big thing is what are you doing for the world? And that was what Dr. King vibrated to. You know, mm. are you working hard? Are you uh, cooperating with the cosmic plan? Mm. And if so, how? Yeah. And, you know, how can your abilities be used? And how can I, your master, enable you to be in a position to use them? Yeah, interesting. In the most effective manner mm. possible. Yeah, because, you know, when we think about, okay, what does it mean to follow, you know, in the footsteps of Dr. King, to become a disciple of his, to follow yes. the path that he left like as a you. king. Like you, like you, for one. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like, it, this is the spirit that we need to adopt in terms of like the way that we think and the way that we, the, the way that we work, the way that we apply ourselves on the spiritual path well, or in I, our life. Well, I yeah. was at his side in the last 10 years of his life, um, either with him physically, I spent a lot of time in Los Angeles mm. and Santa Barbara or on the phone, um, working with at his well you know it's him but i was advising on the moves he made for people like your good self mm. and generations going forward oh i see yeah okay yeah yeah so yeah. that they could put themselves if they chose to uh that's an entirely personal voluntary matter if they chose to in a karmic position because i think that's the secret of life mm. and i learn it from him to put yourself in a karmic position to do the most good. Mm. Not to say I'd like to do this, I wish I could do that. I, I, I would like to be in, this, in that location so that I could do the other. But to put yourself, in what, through whatever means, lawful means and sure, yeah. correct means, you can to be in that position. Mm. And th this involves obviously money, obviously health, obviously your, you know, your accommodation, your, uh, the whole thing. But in the end, he created a situation where someone like you could take part in Operation Sunbeam, which you have done, yeah. to operate the spiritual energy radiator yeah. and for people to go on the Saturn mission in his absence. Yeah. And this wasn't just a logistical thing. It was a karmic thing, mm. a karmic move, because the pressure is upon us to earn those positions. <clears throat> Some people sometimes can't understand why someone de devotes themselves uh, to a life of service and then appears not to get good karma. Or, or to suffer in some way, be it by through health or sure. in some other way. Yeah. And it doesn't always happen. I'm not even going to say it generally happens, but it can happen. And there could be one or two reasons for that. But one reason is, you know, it's not just doing these great things. It's putting oneself in the karmic position 
to do them. Because once one's in that karmic position and is paid that karmic price, if you like, yeah. it's going to pay dividends throughout our future lives. If I look at some you know, humble person like myself, many years ago, the doc, Dr. King told me back in 1986, I could become an adept in this life. Hmm. And I'm not claiming I am an adept, don't get me wrong, or a master, but he told me that. And I've had certain experiences. I attribute that to the opportunities he gave me, and particularly the global ones, the, the cosmic ones. Those are the things now that are going to put us in the position to, great, to gain the greatest states. I mean, going to Operation Prayer Power, mm -hmm. is it, you go there to serve those who can go there. Now, or let's not say going to it. Let's say supporting it. Okay. Because we have wonderful... Um, members, for example, of the Ethereum Society in Nigeria and in Ghana sure. who can't go to Operation Prayer, sure. but they support the society as best they can, so therefore they're supporting, indirectly supporting, or maybe directly supporting, in certain cases, Operation Prayer Power. That is also an enabler for our own evolution. Mm. These are, this is the big change. And, it's, and uh, we talked some weeks ago about Cosmic morality, if there is such a thing, mm -hmm. that's, that's really where we're at now yeah. going forward. Yeah. And he absolutely pioneered it and he lived it. And to him, this was the important thing. What are you doing for the cosmic plan? What are you doing in service generally? And not just doing in service, are you performing the maximum service that you can perform? In your life, because we're all in different situations. Uh, yeah, I think, and especially coming to this question that you, this point you're making about, you know, that putting yourself in a position allows you to evolve, you know, much in a much more advanced way. And I just wanted to come back to, um, you know, tying that into the relationship that you can form with yeah. him. Yes. Because because we're kind of talking about the path and everything, and then you know, but actually doing all of these things also forms a link directly with him as a it master, does. doesn't it? It yeah. absolutely does. Yeah. Because and you must have experienced mm. that yourself. When you uh, and there's a beautiful um, actually extract in the King Who Came to Earth, right towards oh, yes. the end, yeah. about the link you forge with your teacher, and what happens if you follow the teachings uh, diligently and earnestly, and the practices, and the work given to you through the offices of, of your master. So he's not physically alive, but you're still doing that now. Anyone yeah. can do it now. If you practice the 12 blessings, you're practicing it in the way that Dr. King taught us to practice it. This wasn't even the master Jesus. It was, it was Dr. King who taught us how to practice it. The master Jesus gave it to us, and so forth. If you're doing these things, if you're, even, if you're using the healing technique that he taught, yeah. uh, all the way through to if you're on an Operation Sunbeam team, all the way through to studying the nine freedoms which he brought to earth and explained, you are, by your diligent study, practice, work, um, you are, and, and, and support financially in certain cases for these non-profit missions that we sure. do, you are creating a link with him, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And what happens? You start to tap at a subliminal level, you might say, or almost like a, 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 an etheric level, yeah. into the consciousness of your master. Mm -hmm. And you'll start to draw on that, not just the actual uh, things you're doing or teachings you're looking at, but his energy. And it will start to, to come to you. Now, 
we talked last week about being in his physical yeah. presence, yeah. I, and I, which I was privileged to do, and then you're in, in, within his aura. But that aura hasn't gone, mm. just because his physical has gone. His energy, his presence is here, and you can create a link with it, and you can take that as far as you want, all the way through, I believe, to being a disciple of Dr. George King, even in these days. Yeah, no, that's, um, I think, incredibly inspiring for, for anyone coming kind of as the next generation here and future yeah. generations, you know, yeah. of course, who, who haven't had the chance to be with him physically. Although I will say, you know, even, um, you know, non-physical experiences with him, put it that way, mm. you know, that you can have where he's either, you've either seen his presence, oh, yeah. you know, whether that's, um, that you might've had an experience with him. Yeah, yeah, in a dream, I mean, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, to what extent those are symbolic or actually real experiences, I guess is, you know, you could, but in both cases, they still have significant meaning to you on the spiritual path. He came to me yeah. in a dream while he was still alive. Oh, really? Physically alive, mm. yes. Uh, I'd been given a mantra, which is known as the Brahma mantra, Mm -hmm. which is a mantra that he used himself, Dr. King, but I, I, I'd been given it, not by him, but by a very, very good friend of mine okay. <laughs> who was in the Ethereum Society um, and who had access and seemed to have a sort of un unlimited access, I used to think, to old yogic writings and sources. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. uh, okay. He and I spent many an hour perusing these, and among them was one which contained the Brahma mantra. And so this friend of mine gave me this. Uh, he was a close disciple of Dr. King as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to name him because of the story, as you'll mm -hmm. hear, mm -hmm. but, um, he, he, you know, I, and, and up from that, we felt we, you know, we'd got it from this book and started practicing it. Um, and I was practicing it when I went back to England. He was in America. Um, I then had a dream shortly after this, and I was doing it quite regularly. And he came to me in the dream, and he said, you, he told me off. He said, you shouldn't be doing that mantra without my permission in oh. this dream. So I took that quite seriously. I thought, I'm going to wait for a chance. I'm going to try and mention this to him. And um, I did mention it to him when I had the first chance. So I stopped doing the mantra. When we were working on Realize Your Inner Potential, the book, it's a wonderful book. I have to say, I was honored to co-author it, but it's not my book, it's his book. And he was putting mantras in the book. So we were talking about mantras okay. and what was going to go in the book. And he was very generous, even more generous than I even asked him to be. He gave five mantras in that book. They come straight from him. That's another thing. If you get a mantra from Dr. King, you've created a link. He's your master. He's the master who's given them to yes. you. Yeah. And that, that's an initiation from him. Mm. And if you get it from that book, it's an initiation from him. He knew that when the book was being prepared. Every single exercise in that book, even though I finished it after he passed on, he approved personally. He went through it one by one. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, I took that opportunity to mention mm. this dream because we were talking about mantra. So I and he didn't bat an eyelid. He he was very he was the, actually it was his it was his last year of physical life. It was it was around his birthday. I was there okay. for his last birthday. Alison <laughs> cooked him his last birthday dinner actually. Did she? Yeah. That was on January the twenty third, nineteen ninety seven. Okay. So it was around that period. Yeah. He wrote the the actually the forward to that book or proved it on his birthday, his last physical birthday. Oh. Um, so anyway, I I brought this up. So he said to me, I told him about the dream, and I said, I didn't name the person I'd got it from, I didn't want to get him into trouble, <laughs> yeah, which okay. it would have probably done. Yeah. But he's, all he said to me, looked at me, he sat sitting at his desk in Santa Barbara, 
And he said in his small home there, his bungalow, and he said, um, say it to me now. So I chanted, I said the mantra to him as I was doing it. And he corrected me on the pronunciation of one of the syllables. And it's interesting because to him, mantra was sound. It mm. wasn't words. Otherwise, you could just translate it into English. Sure, sure. It's yeah. the sound. And he talked about that, and the sound is an energy. And sometimes his pronunciation was slightly different from the spelling, the translated spelling from Sanskrit. I so he's, he corrected me on one of the words. And accordingly, I changed in the light of that correction, and then I took it that I'd now received that. Been, yeah. But that oh. came out of this dream. Wow. So I then have, now have the Brahma mantra from him. And I found out since that he didn't give that to anybody else wow. uh, in the society or anybody that I know of. So I've now got to decide. What do I do about people like yourself? Do I, <laughs> what do I do with that knowledge? Mm. I had another initiation from him. I will share this with oh, you. Oh, yeah, go on. And the last time I saw him alive, I was actually physically alive. I was in um, Los Angeles about to conduct a ceremony there in the afternoon. It was a Saturday morning. And he phoned me up and he said, I want to see you for 15 minutes. And... Um, I was in L.A., so I had, it's like a roughly two-hour drive from L.A. to Santa sure. Barbara. I said, certainly, Master. He said, come. I said, I, he said, I know you've got a ceremony this afternoon, so just come and see me for 15 minutes. So I drive down to, or is it up, up to Santa Barbara, <laughs> uh, walk in. He's sitting in, in his armchair, very poorly by then. This is his final months. And... Something he never liked was people kneeling, unless it was during a ceremony. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember giving him healing in his bed and to get comfortable sometimes, I, to, to, to heal him through his feet. I would kneel down and he'd tell, no, he'd tell me, oh, I don't want anyone kneeling in my presence. I see. So it was actually more uncomfortable to sit cross-legged. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He, yeah. did. So yeah. that wasn't a thing he liked. But on this occasion, mm -hmm. he'd come in, kneel down at my side. So I knelt down and he gave me a mudra. And he told me how to do the mudra, and it's quite difficult to do, by the way. It, okay. it, it ties in with certain breathing exercise. Mm. Um, but so I'm still actually still work in progress, actually getting that absolutely right even now. Wow. But nevertheless, he gave it to me, and he said that's like the... I don't think he said ultimate, but like very high... He said there's only one problem, he said, though, with this. I remember him saying this to me, with this mudra. He says it might give you a headache. No, 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 sorry, sorry. It might cause you to levitate. <laughs> and then you might get a headache. <laughs> but, okay, that's a problem. That. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Hasn't happened, by the way, okay. uh, at this point. But, um, and then, then, uh, that, uh, then we had a hug and a farewell, and that's the last time I saw him. So that was an extremely unusual thing for him to do, just wow. in the daytime. Never heard that. Uh, sitting wow. in his, yeah. And again, that's another thing that I've got that I haven't passed on, that mm. nobody else I've found out now has been given. Mm. So these are things I'm going to have to decide what to do about. Mm. But it, it goes to show it was quite rare for him. He, I mean, he wouldn't... I mean, I remember saying, before I was consecrated as a bishop, um, I was going to, we would go off as, as, as someone who's going to be ordained as a minister or ha undergo an initiation of any kind, really, in the society. We'll go off the evening before at least, if not longer, and contemplate, do practices, prepare. 
And I, I was going off to do that the night before he performed this wonderful initiation for Monica mm. and myself. In that order, she was, just, she was before me and then me in the same ceremony. I was reminded of that, you're the first bishop. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, he did say, I said to him, well, I'll go off and I'm, I'm going to go off. I remember saying to him, and I'm, I'm going to do some practices, you know, and I'm going to prepare myself. He said, I don't care what you do. Hmm. Go. Go no. on. And, you know, it wasn't quite, they wasn't rude, but he, just go. He didn't want to hear about stuff like that. He, he thought you did that quietly. And he, and he didn't talk about his own abilities. Mm. And sometimes it could appear to be quite harsh. I mean, I, I do remember being in, in L.A. and I often had the privilege of watching television with him in the evening when mm. he was in L.A. Or Santa Barbara, but there'd be others. Sometimes he'd just have one person over and watch television. And it would often be Monic, but sometimes she wasn't want, watching the same thing. Yeah. And so um, he, I remember him calling her. He had, he had a sort of speaker system and I was staying on the property. And he'd say, Richard, so you could hear, everyone could actually hear it. Oh, and he'd yeah. say, Come over and watch television with me. Now, that night, I had, as it happened, almost a migra, I had a terrible headache, um, and I was lying on bed. And I could reply to him through the speaker system. And I said, well, I'm very sorry, Master, but if you don't mind, I've got a very bad headache, and I really could do with resting tonight. I, I'm just not up to watching anything. He said, no, 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 come on <laughs> over, come on. And that sounds really harsh, you know, in the <laughs> yeah. face of it, that's yeah. harsh. Insensitive to so you. So yeah. over I come. Okay. And he says, have a drink. Well, the last thing I <laughs> wanted, was, in the movie, was a drink. So, okay. but you know, I'm polite and yeah. I have a drink and he has a drink and we're watching this television. And all the way through this film, which was some kind of thriller film, I'm not sure which one now, he was nudging me, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that's so and the, uh, we came to like halfway through, he'd have a little break you know, a mm. little kind of intermission, as it were. And we came to the break, and the headache had completely gone, mm. which defies what should have happened. So this is just an illustration of him. Again, I said to him, the headache's gone. I said, thank you so much for the healing. He said, healing? What healing now? <laughs> this is the way he was. He wasn't sure, going to advertise sure. these things. He, sure. he believed in keeping his cards close to his chest in all ways, even on very big things, you'd never quite knew. Mm. And I, I do remember in his lifetime, especially in Los Angeles, where they were on, on duty so around him a lot, it was a constant topic of conversation, trying to get, uh, unreveal the enigma of this master. It was like a mystery. Yeah, What's he doing now? What's, why mm. did he do this? And, there's the, yeah, there's the mysteries that will, uh, you know, maybe lifetimes even turn yeah, around. But you can it? do it now, though. Yes, I mean, yeah. you know, we try on this show in a humble way mm. to unravel some of these yeah. mysteries or, or mm. to get to the bottom of this, you know, coming back to this. How have we helped constructively today? The Supreme Lords of Karma. But for him, that was instinct. Yeah. He, he was a karmic agent. All the way through. I, th I think what you know, what I got out of this show myself personally is, is, is just kind of like a deeper understanding of what he re what his path represents. Yeah. And you know, if, if we're gonna, you know, and someone who who might aspire to follow in his path, or even curious about what that might mean or look like, yeah. you kind of get a deeper sense of what it would mean to to follow in the footsteps of these teachings and thereby form this link with him and begin to benefit from this outstanding karmic and spiritual magic in your life, even if you haven't physically met him. Brilliantly put. Thank you. Thank you.
Everybody, it's Darren here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, that's ethereus.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, on your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedoms at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time.